Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. If you don't have your Bible, or if you don't have one with you, it'll be up on the screen. But I just want to encourage you in some things. How many of you know that God wants to show up? How many of you know that God is not a God of hide and seek? He's a God of show and tell. He says, if you'll call on me, he says, I'll show you great and mighty things. Things that you know not. His desire is for him to reveal himself in a real, intimate, tangible way. And so as we're here this morning, I want you to understand something that this service isn't over. We are not just breaking it down in segments. Well, the worship is over. The praise and the singing is done. And so therefore, we're just getting ready to sit back and listen to a message. No, God is not done. God is going to move in this place today. And whether you realize it or not, you came to the right place at the right time. And so don't leave this place being the same. Don't leave this place saying, well, you know, it would have been just as good if I'd have stayed home and watched TV or went to breakfast somewhere. Leave this place saying, God, I came with an expectation and I left with my expectation being met because I had an encounter with the living God. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. And so this morning, God has just been stirring some things in my heart and so I'm, I'm purposing just to be sensitive as to the things that the Lord would have me share this morning. I'm endeavoring to be more sensitive just to the leading of the Holy Spirit and say what needs to be said because in the hour in which we're living, God is wanting to move in a miraculous way. He's wanting to reveal Himself to His people that there would be no doubt. He said that in the last days He would pour out His Spirit upon all flesh. That means not just on believers, but those that are unbelievers for the sake of getting them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? And so, just to begin with, as I was thinking about the church over the last several years, and, just, and I'm talking over the last several years as the church as a whole, some things that I've recognized, and when I say church as a whole, I'm not talking about specifically GVC. We would uh, uh, fall into the thing that I'm uh, uh, going to share with you. But as a whole, the church has kind of fallen into a couple different areas. And one, there has been the area by which when we come to church, we preach a message and we present to you a gospel that is based upon the law. Meaning, if you'll do this, God will be pleased. And if you do this, God will be displeased. And so therefore, we've made our, our experience with church based upon do's and don'ts. And as much as we've said we don't want to do that, oftentimes that's the message that we're portraying, isn't it? Well, you, you ought not do that because Christian people don't do that. And so as a result of sitting underneath of the teaching of the Word, we find ourselves... Really having a sincere heart saying, God, I don't want to displease you and I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. And so out of our own strength or our own efforts, we try to please God by measuring up. But how many of you have ever found that just as 
mere people, we find ourselves falling short just by ourselves. The thing that I didn't want to do, I ended up doing. The thing that I wanted to do, man, I just didn't do that either. And so rather than trying to go through and, and fulfill all the law that is presented before us, I just give up because I've messed up one too many times. And God, I just don't want to disappoint you anymore. And so I just stopped trying. Listen, God is not wanting you to jump through hoops to make him happy. And if you didn't know it, I want you to hear it this morning, that God is well pleased with you. And you might be saying, but you don't know all the junk that I've done. Listen, that's only the haunting stories of the past that you see in the mirror. And the only reason why you're seeing it in the mirror is because the old enemy is trying to hit rewind, rewind in your thinking and present all the past. But in the mind of God, he does not see, see all the faults and all the mistakes. And God loves you. He's proud of you. He's well pleased with you being here today. You might be saying, you know what, I haven't been here for the last, I don't know how long, and, and I was almost tempted not to come today because, you know, people haven't seen me in so long. Listen, God's not saying, well, it's about time you got to church, buddy. Lady, it's about time you got into church, get your stuff cleaned up and straightened away. No, God's like, <laughs> Jesus, did you see who came to church today? Jesus is turning to the Father. Did you see who came to GVC today? And God and Jesus are high-fiving. Woo! They're here today. And they're just so madly in love with you and are so proud of you. They're not looking at you saying, don't know why you showed up today. Are you hearing what I'm saying? But yet we've oftentimes heard that in the church and it's caused us just to regress because we feel like we don't measure up. And then there's this other side where we've heard this message of blessing. Oh, God wants to bless you. Oh, God wants to do so much for you. Oh, praise the Lord. He'll bless you going in, bless you going out. Oh, come on, serving Jesus is wonderful. And it is wonderful. And the blessings of the Lord, the Bible says, it makes us rich and adds no sorrow. But you realize when you come to church and all you hear about is the blessings, the blessings, the blessings, and God is good and, and God will do this for you. We find ourselves oftentimes looking at our lives and saying, well, God, I don't see that happening happening in my life and it seems like I'm falling short and God how come you're doing it for so and so and you're not doing it for me and then we fall into this whole routine again of well am I not doing something right and we find ourselves getting convicted and condemned because we're not seeing the blessings uh, in our life and therefore we again end up on this merry-go-round but if we would just merely come to church and begin to understand that God is good and he's faithful. And that he loves you. In spite of your mistake, God's still good. In spite of what you did and messed up and the condemnation and the shame that you feel, God still looks at you and says, I love you. And I don't see that as a response of whether or not you can come and fellowship with me. The blessing in your life is not a response of whether you've been good or bad or whether you've been faithful enough. God, if we would focus on just the goodness of God and the love of God, how it would draw us into a closer relationship with Him. For much of the church, you know, there is, it's almost like we have had this adulterous relationship with Jesus. 
Come on, you know what I'm talking about? You know, you think about it from the standpoint of, of a husband and wife and, you know, the husband don't come around for the longest time. Why? Because he's been just having a relationship with someone else. And we've done that to God in our walk with God. And there's been this relationship with things that have distracted us from our relationship with God. And it's all because we've tried to measure up and therefore we look to other things to bring us fulfillment. But if we would simply come back to understanding that Jesus loves us and God loves us because of Jesus, it would cause us to return back to a first love. To say, God, I just want to know you. Amen? And so there's some things that God has really been dealing with me in my own personal heart. As a pastor, you look around and you look at environments, you look at budgets, you look at attendance, and you look at different things. And for the longest time, you know, you find yourself waiting for permission. You wait for permission to be able to do something. You wait for permission in order to be able to accomplish something. You, you wait for a, a, a growth of ministry to get to a place where it gives you permission to do something or come to a place of saying, well, I give myself permission to be able to believe or to do or expect. And I'm just to a place in my life where I'm tired of waiting for permission. Because I don't need permission. All I need to do is trust God and rely on and trust in what he said. Because if I will rely on and react to and respond to what God said, I will have the response and the actions and the results and the rewards that God said, regardless of what natural things look like. So therefore, I don't need permission on other things. I can look to God and say, God, your word has already established it for me, so therefore that settles it. I believe it, and we receive it right now. And we're going to walk it out by faith. Amen? Now, I shared with you, or I said, turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37. This might be familiar to some of you, but it begins, and, and I want you to hear this. Now, one of the things that I know, there's, there's several scriptures that I'm going to read consecutively here. And one of the things that I know, even as a personal individual that sits and listens to messages, when somebody starts reading the Bible, you start tuning out and like, well, we'll just kind of wait until they get done reading. But I want you to pay attention to what God is saying because this scripture is God speaking to his people and he's speaking to us this morning. All right? So notice what it says. God begins to speak to the man of God and he says... The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me, out to, brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley. Now let's just stop for a moment there. He's talking about a valley that God is showing him. But let's just refer to Genesee Valley Church. God's talking to Genesee Valley Church this morning. And Genesee Valley Church is in Genesee Valley. So just as God is speaking to the man of God right here in this scripture, saying, I, I was taken to a valley. We have been taken to a valley, taken to a place. You are a part of Genesee Valley. So again, hear the word of the Lord speaking to us this morning. He says, he took me to an open valley, and indeed they were very dry, speaking of the, of the bones. 
And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, O Lord, only you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you. He says, And you shall live. I will put sinew on, your, sinew on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. So, I prophesied as I was commanded, and I prophesied. There was a noise and suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over. But there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So, I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived. And they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel, or God's people. They indeed say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord. Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out from your graves and bring you into a land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, and when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you from the graves, he says, I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. That is a scripture by which God is speaking to his prophet. And he says there is a place in a time and a season in a people that are extremely dry. There's no life. And in the body of Christ that has been the case for a very long time. How many of you know that when it comes to the church, the body of Christ, God's people, there has been a lot of, a lot of lackluster life-giving natures within the body of Christ and therefore there's just a lot of people that would rather do a whole lot of things because there's not much to offer in the church. And I'm not talking about a building. I'm not talking about a facade. I'm talking about God's people. But he said, prophesy, speak to it, declare it, and say, come alive. And that's what God is saying in this hour. He's speaking to us and he's saying, I'm believing that there is a turnaround. And did you notice that the very first thing that he said, he says, first, speak to the bones. And it says that bone came to bone. What does that make when bone comes to bone? It makes a joint. Do you know what God speaks of the joints in the epistles? He speaks of the people of God as the joints coming together and giving their supply. 
So in order for there to be life in God's people, the body, the joints must come together. But not only that, he says now, when the joints come together, he said, I'll connect you together with the sinew, but then I'll also begin to put flesh on that body. What's the flesh? That means there's more people that are coming to join the body of Christ. But not only that, he says, it's not going to be lifeless. He says, I will breathe life back into the church. And he says, and you'll step back and you'll see that it was me that said it and it was me that performed it. I'm telling you, there is an hour and there's a time that is now that God is moving. And God said something to me and so therefore I'm going to prophesy it to you as to what he said. He has told me that within the next two and a half months, that he is going to begin to move supernaturally in this church. Now, when I say supernaturally, I'm not talking spooky, kooky, or weird. I'm talking about a genuine move of God. GVC is going to begin to look different. What that is, I don't know. But you know, one of the things that I do know is that we've tried to be careful for a whole lot of time for the sake of not offending people. And obviously, we're not looking to offend people. But my point is this, is that we have just limited God for the sake of conveniencing people. But listen, God will never inconvenience you, but he wants to show up in such a way that he blesses your life and that you come to know the goodness and the love of God. And so in the next two and a half months, and it's not going to start, that's just the beginning. In the next two and a half months, there is a move of God that is upon this church. It's already started to happen. And I'm inviting you to be a part of it. And here's what God said. He said, it's my heart to move supernaturally in this church. He said, I just need the people to cooperate. So what's that saying? It's contingent upon us. So here's what I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to come expecting when I've been getting ready this past week, last night I was praying. It was probably, I don't know, maybe 1030 at, at night. I was out on the deck just praying. And as I came into church today, I said, God, there's no way that you're not going to move tomorrow. I said, God, you're going to show up tomorrow. God, you're going to move in this place tomorrow. God, we're not leaving this church tomorrow and saying we are not satisfied with what we came for because if you're there, then we're going to get all that we need for this day and this hour tomorrow coming into GVC. So God's not done yet. But there's a move that is upon us. There is a move that is here and God is wanting to bring us together. Brother Hagin said this, he said this, he said, what happens next is determined by what happens now. What happens next is determined by what happens now. Meaning, what are we going to do? I want to encourage you. If, and again, please don't hear me as being critical. But if your custom is, is to be sporadic in your attendance, I want you to be more committed. Why? Is that just so that we can have a head count? No, because God's going to meet you. And I know that God is going to be meeting with you and visiting with you all this week. And you're going to sense the promptings of the Holy Spirit pulling on your heart. And you're going to be saying all this week, I don't know why God's doing something on the inside. And you may not even recognize it's God. But you're going to say, man, I'm just finding that I have a desire to pray or to know to God. Man, I, I just can't wait to get back to church. I can't wait to worship God. I can't wait to turn on the music to, to begin to hear God's praise again. 
And it's because God is working in your heart because he's wanting to have a relationship with you that you begin to know how good he is and how much he loves you and how proud he is of you. That he's not saying, jump through the hoops. He's saying, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I love you. I don't see your mistakes. I don't see your past. I don't see that you just messed up one last time. He says, I see what Jesus did and therefore I see you as being righteous. And so God's wanting to move. How many of you know that church has become really just a, a means of religion? But did you know that religion is nothing but dead routines? There's no life in religion. Have you ever had somebody say, oh, you know, yeah, they found religion. There's no life in religion. But when you find Jesus, when you genuinely have a relationship with Him, He leads you into a life that is so full of life because He's right in the middle of it. He's wanting us to have an experience with Him. Church was meant to be a meeting place. As I said, I want you to come with an anticipation that every time we come to church, I'm meeting Jesus. Do you recall in the Old Testament, the Bible says that, in fact, they called the tabernacle, it was called the place of meeting. And Moses would go down to meet with God. And it says when people started seeing Moses to go to the church, they started to pay attention and like, oh, Moses is going to meet with God. And they looked with awe and amazement and looked also with disappointment because Moses can meet with God and we can only admonish and admire and dream about having that kind of a relationship with God. But listen, because of Jesus, every Sunday, it is not a religious service. It is not out of tradition and duty. We come to have a meeting with Jesus every time that we come. And he's here waiting just for us to show up. Just like he was saying, I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm so glad that you came because I've been wanting to meet with you. And so when we begin to look in the scriptures, we find that God desires to meet with us face to face. But any time that you begin to meet face to face with God, God begins to change the landscape. He will change a nation for people that will be intent in meeting with him. And how many of you know that it only takes one for God to begin to move? You might be saying, well, you're surely not talking about me because, again, you just don't know what I've been dealing with. You don't know what I've been struggling with. Listen, it only takes one. And you might say it's not you, but why not you? Why not be you the one that ignites a fire that changes the landscape of this church, changes the landscape of this community. Why not you? Well, yeah, but I'm not worthy. No, listen, it's not about being worthy. Jesus made you worthy. Well, I'm not a preacher. No, it's not about being a preacher. It's about being a child of God. And God says, I want to have face-to-face -face meetings with you. And when you begin to have face-to-face -face meetings with him, things begin to change. Let me give you a couple of examples of some people that were used by God to change the landscape because they just simply had a heart to know God. You remember the story of Daniel, don't you? You remember the story of Daniel? Well, let me back up. You remember the story of Moses. 
he, he, he came before Daniel did. But do you remember, uh, God said to Moses, he says, I want you to go set my people free. And immediately Moses started to make excuses. He says, but God, I can't talk good. I don't have good speech. I'm not your man. And he says, no, I've chosen you. And the Bible says that he went before Pharaoh and God used him to set a nation free. But then once he got out there, the people began to rebel against God. And God said to Moses, he says, listen, he says, I know they're giving you trouble. He said, they've been giving me trouble too. He says, in fact, let me just take them out. He says, I'll get you a whole new people, Moses. And here's what Moses said to God. I mean, the audacity of, of Moses. But you see, Moses met with God face to face. And this is what he said to God. He says, God, he says, we have a covenant with you. You have made us a promise that you would be our God and we would be your people. And Moses said, God, you can't do that. One man stood before God on behalf of the nation of Israel and said, God, you got to save them because we got a promise. What about you? What can God do through you? Do you remember Abraham? The Bible speaks of Abraham and God says, I want you to go down and get your, your family. Go get Lot. And he says, because I'm getting ready to, to destroy that city. But then Abraham, the audacity of Abraham, he says, God, he says, I'll go get my family. Thank you for, for giving me a heads up. He says, but God, he says, if you, if you can find 50 righteous people there, he says, will you save Sodom and Gomorrah? And God says, because you asked me, I will. And he says, oh, okay. Well, what if, what if there's 40? God says, well, because you asked me, I'll save them if there's 40. He got down to 20. Then he got down to 10. He says, God, I've asked you all these, and you said, okay, you would do it. So I'm asking you, if there is 10 righteous, will you save the city? And God says, because you asked me. Come on, my point is this, is that you have an audience with God. You are a landscape changer. You are a community changer. You are a church changer. You are a person that God wants to use to stand in the gap for GVC and for this community to bring them into a relationship with God. Because God is moving, and it only takes one. I said it only takes one that will say, God, here I am, use me. I mentioned Daniel. Do you remember Daniel? Obviously, Daniel was a man that had a heart to serve God and those that were conspiring against him like today. You can't go to church and you can't pray. And if you pray and if you go to church, you're going to get in trouble. And so they con con uh, conspired and they convinced the, the king to set out a cause that nobody could pray or go to church. And so Daniel says, well, I just can't do that. And so it says that he went out and opened up the windows of his house and he went out and he worshiped God and they waited for him because they knew that he would and they said to him because you didn't listen but the Bible says that he continued to stand fast and pray amen and what happens he was thrown into the lion's den but he just cuddled up with him because God had his back how many of you feel like a, a lion's on your back? How many of you feel just the hot breath of the enemy breathing on your neck? But listen, God says, I'll deliver you if you'll just purpose to allow me to help you.
Do you remember that once again, Daniel, the Bible says that he was fasting and praying for 21 days. And the Bible says that an angel of the Lord came to him and says, God has heard your prayers the moment you started praying. And I'm here with an answer. He says, but now there has been the prince of Persia. There has been demonic, uh, demonic attacks against me and have withstood me all this time because God started to move on your behalf. So don't think it's strange when you start looking around in your life and in church and the community and say, well, God, what's going on? Listen, there's opposition, but just takes one. One to say, God, I'll pray, I'll believe. God, use this church. God, use me. God, turn it around. God, make a difference in this place. God, move in my life and my family because I believe in you. See, God's wanting to do something supernatural in this hour in which we're living. He's wanting you to simply say, God, use me. You remember the story of David. Again, these are all stories we've talked about recently. But, you know, David, he's this man that had an encounter with God, or just a young man, rather. And he had experiences with God out there tending the sheep, just doing his thing. And you might say, you know, it all sounds great, Pastor, but listen, I can't be at church 24-7. Do you have a job? Well, then God can visit you on your job. Well, how can he do that? Because I've got things to do. David was out tending sheep. He was out doing his thing. He was out working the job. But God visited him on the workplace, and he developed a relationship with God at the workplace. On the General Motors assembly line, driving the car, whatever it is that you're doing, God can visit you to where you have a relationship to know that he's got you in the palm of his hand. And when the giant shows his ugly face, when he shouts his, his demeaning uh, uh, arguments against you, you can stand up and say, is there not a cause? Is there not a God? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I'll take him out. And when everybody says, oh, you know, you know, it's pretty ugly. You know, it's pretty scary. You know, you don't want to get around so-and-so. You just might catch it. Well, you just watch out because I've got some inside information. There was a giant that was taken out by a slingshot, and if there's a giant of, uh, 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 of a virus or whatever else, there's something else that is bigger, and I'll take it out because I know the God that I serve. See, it just takes one. I said it just takes one. Notice what the Bible says here in Isaiah chapter 42. You doing Okay. I'm almost done. Stick with me. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 15. It says, I will lead the blind by a way that they do not know. He says, I will guide them in paths that they do not know. He says, I will make darkness into light before them and the rugged place into plains. These things I'll do for them and I will not leave them, abandon them, or leave them undone. Listen, there might be some things right now where you're saying, God... I just feel like I'm blind. I feel like I'm just so in the dark. But God says, nope, I'm going to lead you. The dark is going to turn into light. You might seem like, say, it seems like there's always been so many obstacles. And it seems like there's so much that comes in the way. And it seems like, man, something comes up and I don't go to church. I don't do what I need to do. I don't spend time with God like I, like I said I would. But God says he is making the crooked place straight. So what's he doing? He's working on your behalf. It has never been easier than this hour in which we're living in. And I'm telling you what, this is the finest, the greatest, the most spectacular hour for the church. 
because God is coming up alongside of His people and there is going to be and is becoming such a great display of the power, the glory, and the love of God in this hour that no man will be able to be able to turn away when they see what God has done in your life. Why? Because He wants to use you. He wants you to be the one that will just say, God, oh, if you can use me. See, He don't use perfect people. In fact, if he used perfect people, they could take all the credit. So you're in good company for God to use you. Can somebody say amen? amen? The church is a meeting place. It's a place to assemble. Do you recall that the Bible says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20? He says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, he said, I am there in the midst of them. So from now on, when you come to church, if it's just you, you've got something to worry about. But if you happen to turn to the side and you happen to just see one other person, we're in good company. Because all it takes is two or three. And God says, I'm there. And so therefore, if God is there, Let's stop coming to church as though it's just another routine thing. We're coming to church to have a meeting with God. Amen? Matt, come on up with, you, with me, please. We haven't rehearsed anything, and so I'm going to endeavor to try to help us come together for a moment. Do you remember the story of Paul and Silas? The Bible says that they were thrown into prison and it says that they were thrown into the innermost prison, the worst place, the darkest place, the coldest place, the most filthy place. It says they were in shackles and chains and it says at midnight they lifted their voice and praised. It may have been a literal midnight hour or it might have been a figurative midnight hour. And I don't know where we're at and where you're at individually. But one of the things that I know is that there has been a midnight hour that has been upon the church and the midnight hour is about to break. The Bible says that Paul and Silas lifted their voice and began to praise. There is no such thing as silent praise. There is no such thing as silent thanksgiving. There's no such thing as silent prayer. No, they lifted their voice and began to praise. And it says the very place where they were assembled was shaken and their shackles were turned loose. But it says that every single prisoner that was there heard them singing. And it says every single person, their shackles were broken and they were free. You see, when we come to church and we lift our voice and worship God, it's not just singing songs. It's not just the pre-course. It's not just the hors d'oeuvre to the, the preaching of the Word. No, there is an agenda as to why we come together and lift our voice. Because when we sing, what does it do? It unifies us. It brings us together in one voice. It begins us declaring together the word of the Lord and lifting our voice to praise Him. What's it do? It unifies us. And we begin to declare and prophesy. Prophesying is not a weird thing. It's just a proclamation. 
And so when we come together, God is looking to unite us in such a unique way. So let's stand together. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to lead you in a song. It's an old song. Do you remember that song? It was the chorus line of Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Remember that one? Let's lift our voice and begin to praise God. I'm going to give you the words. It's going to be real simple. You'll get the melody line, and I want you just to sing it. Now, here's what we oftentimes do is we'll start to sing for 30 seconds, and then we stop. Why? Let's worship God. Let's magnify God. Let's be united right now. Let's allow the God that says He wants to move in this hour to move right now. What do you need God to do? Because where the presence of the Lord is, there's freedom. He says it's the anointing that destroys the yoke and removes the burden. Listen, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired and looking at a clock and saying, well, dear God, we got to get out of church because i got to go get something to eat. Listen, let's let God be God today. And I'm not talking about being in church all afternoon. Don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about having a heart that is sincerely endeavoring to say, God, I don't got you on a clock, but God, I want to meet you. Oh, I want to meet with you. So every head bowed and every eye closed, and I'm going to lead you. Just sing with me. Lord, I praise you. Am I in the right key? Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. It's just those words. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. Sing it with me. Lord, I praise you. Now, Lord, I love you. 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 Come on, I need to hear you sing and tell him. I'm not looking for you to sing and sound good to me. Come on. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's worthy of our praise. If you know him, if you know him, then your heart's cry is to say, God, I want to tell you. Oh, and it's not about singing pretty. It's not about singing the best. Oh, it's just simply lifting our voice and making a joyful noise. Amen. Come on, let's do it. Can you take me up an octave higher? Well, hopefully I'll get it. Listen, again, I'm not telling you I'm the best. Oh, thank you, Lord. Lord, I love you. Love you. <laughs> we didn't rehearse. Lord, I love you. 
Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you. Come on, sing it. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. Now just lift your hands while you sing it. Lord, I praise you. keep our eyes and our attentions on Him. The reason that I sang that song, it was an old song, but the words are repetitive. It's just the same. And you might say, we just said the same words, but listen, you realize as you lift your voice, God takes delight. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single individual in this place right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would sweep across this congregation. Father, I pray that you would pour out your Spirit upon every single person in this place as they leave, as they drive away, in their homes, in the midnight hour, as they go to work. God, as they go to the highways and the byways. God, in Jesus' name, I thank you that we are not escaping the presence of God. Oh, I thank you that, Lord, we're stepping into a new hour and a new season where, God, our affections and our intentions are on you. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the help of the Holy Spirit. For it is not in our, our strength, but it is in the help of the Holy Spirit that we do these things. And, Father, we give you all the praise. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Amen. And let me just say as I... Let you go. Church is going to look a little different in these days ahead, in these next two and a half months. You say, what's it going to look like? I don't know. But I guarantee you, you won't be disappointed. It might stretch you a little bit like, woo, woo. I didn't know church was like that or I didn't know, woo. But when you just step out in faith, God meets you. Amen? Amen. Well, God bless you. We love you. This week's church prayer at 6.30. And then life groups at 7.30. All right? We'll see you next time. God bless. take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life